Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day, another pod. Sal Capaccio here, Sal Sports and Stuff. Thanks for downloading, subscribing. Someone tweeted at me and said, hey, can you include the link to actually download instead of just the link of where to find it on the page. I'm always kind of confused about that and how to do that. What's the best for you? I'm not sure. But any way you can, I want you to download. I want you to subscribe, of course. Having subscribers is great. But it's available on our WGR site, which is now Odyssey. We are no longer Entercom or Radio.com. We are now Odyssey. That's the official name of the company. Worldwide, nationwide, over 240-something stations. We're all Odyssey now. But uh, you can, it, nothing should change for you on the app. On the website, just go to WGR550.com, uh, search for Sal Sports and stuff, but it's available on iTunes, it's available on Spotify, got that done not too long ago, it's finally there as well, but you can find it to download it on your app, your Spotify app, your iTunes app, go to the WGR site, I'm always kind of confused on how to link it to people because I think everybody consumes their podcasts completely differently, but either way, I appreciate it. Thank you. Throw me a nice like on there, a nice review. That's always good. I'm still trying to figure out how to get featured on iTunes. I guess I'm just not big enough or good enough yet, but maybe one of these days we'll be able to do that. I told you I'm going to try and get back to doing the pod as much as I can here, at least this week, next week, and going forward um, as we, excuse me, as we get towards the NFL draft, which is a week from Thursday. I sit here on April 20th, 420. And the draft is on 429. So we have, what, nine days left. And then the Jacksonville Jaguars will be on the clock and they will take Trevor Lawrence. And then after that, the Jets will take Zach Wilson, almost certainly. And that's where the fun begins, as I talked about in the pod yesterday with the 49ers. And I really hope that we don't hear any leaks and we don't know. It'll be cool. And then what happens after that? Now there's rumors that Miami, after making a couple of moves and going down, then back up, they might go back down again. So this draft should be really, really interesting. But of course, we talk about it from a Buffalo Bills standpoint. And one thing I want to start with today, got a couple of things we're going to get to. Number one, I, I teased yesterday about numbers at each position. We're going to do that today. Um, the other thing is trading up, down, whether or not Brandon Bean should, what it would cost. I'll talk about both of those things. But to start today, I want to go back to Something I, I like the big point of yesterday's podcast was best player available versus need and how I want to kind of put some nuance into that and phrase it a little bit differently. But I don't think I actually came up with an actual phrase. I think the actual phrase would be this. It's best player available dot, 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 dot. Unless you're totally set at that position, then it's the next p- best player available 
See, that's really wordy, but that's really what it is. It's best player available, dot, 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 dot. Unless you're totally set at that position, then it's the next best player available. So that's, I think, how I would phrase best player available versus need. Because really, every you could always make an argument that everybody needs everything in the NFL. It's easy to say, well, it's really not the best player available. They totally needed that position. Well, yeah, you pretty much need every position in the NFL, as I said yesterday. Maybe not a starter, but... You know, you need position, you need players all over the place, backups, people get hurt. There's a 53-man roster, 55 on game day now. So, you know, there's a lot of um, different scenarios and ways to go about drafting, but I think that's really the way most teams approach it. The Bills do take the best player available, but it won't be at a position they're totally set at, like quarterback, like we discussed yesterday. All right, let's get into what the Bills might do at um, numbers, because as much as we talk about, and I just said, they're not going to go for need. You know, I do think there is something we can look into as far as what the numbers look like right now on the roster at each position and what they typically bring to training camp. So whether that's the first round, I'm not talking about first round who they're going to take at 30, whether that's the first round or throughout the draft through their seven picks or undrafted free agents, more actual free agents, street free agents, trades, whatever, we can kind of get a glimpse into where they might put and focus some of their resources on what positions through the rest of the offseason. Again, that doesn't mean what they're going to do at pick number 30. It's really interesting. I wrote about this at WGR550.com a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, there are right now, now right now there are only 70 players on the Bills roster. There was 71, but Trey Adams, the offensive lineman, retired. The Bills can bring 91 to training camp. That includes Christian Wade. His roster exemption was extended for another year on the International Pathway Program. He's essentially in the exact same situation he's been for two years. He gets a chance to make the team. If not, he can be on the practice squad as a regular player or as an exempt player, and then he can't be called up if he is. But we've been through and down that road before and through that drill before. But that means the Bills right now have 21 open roster spots, however you slice it, 21 open roster spots. And while if you look through their positions, they're going to be light at almost every position because they still have 21 available. There are a few where you look and go, okay, well, looks like they're kind of where they normally are, a little bit shy of that. And then a couple like, oh, okay, let's see what they're going to do the remainder of the offseason. They definitely want to add there. And I would say the two positions where they are very light right now compared to what they normally bring to training camp. I went back to every training camp since Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean have been around. 2017, 18, 19, and 20. I went through every single position on how many guys they brought to camp at each position through each of those four years. The two positions right now where they're light are offensive line and defensive back, especially at safety, but also at corner. Offensive line right now after the retirement of Trey Adams, even before they were light, they only have 11 right now. They typically bring 16. They brought 15 the first two years, 16 the next two years. I mean, that's that's pretty, uh, you think about 21 open roster spots. We're talking probably a good five of them are going to be spent, you know, uh, a quarter of them on offensive linemen, I think. that Typically, depending on, you know, if they stick to what their normal roster, you know, philosophy is and how if they want to adhere to those numbers. Uh, the other one is secondary, like I said, but especially safety. Safety, the Bills, in 2017, McDermott and Bean, their first year, they brought eight safeties to camp. Then seven, then seven, then seven. It's been seven for the last three years. You know how many they have right now? Four. That's it. Just four safeties on the roster. You look at the roster 
and what safeties they have. Let me kind of call up the roster here. I know I have it here. Hold on. I'm going to bring it up. I'm looking at it. The safeties they have, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, Jaquan Johnson and Josh Thomas. Dean Marlowe has signed with the Detroit Lions. I thought that would be somebody they would bring back. They didn't. Now, one thing about safety, as I will say, is typically they don't need a ton of safeties because Hyde and Poyer play so much. But again, we're talking about what they normally bring. They normally bring seven, maybe even eight like they did one year. They only have four right now. Saran Neal is a cornerback. He's not a safety. He was a safety um, when he came in the league. They've moved him to cornerback. But I think we're talking secondary and offensive line as the two positions where they're probably, to me, going to focus most of their resources. Also at cornerback. Corner. Here's how the numbers have looked since 2017. Nine, then eight, then nine, then eight, and currently only six. The Bills' current cornerbacks right now, again, Saran Neal is one of them, right? I just said that. Obviously, Tredavious White, Taron Johnson in the nickel, Levi Wallace and Dane Jackson, Cam Lewis. Saran Neal is the sixth. So even though those, all of them are returning players of some sort, whether that's practice squad or you know, an all-pro player like Tredavious White, they're all returners. I, I think we're looking at the Bills adding to corner, adding to safety, and adding to the offensive line. What they have in the offensive line right now, they did sign um, three free agents on the offensive line over the last several weeks. Bobby Hart, Jamil Douglas, and Forrest Lamp. They go with the returners. Mitch Morris, Deion Dawkins, Darrell Williams, John Feliciano, Cody Ford, Ryan Bates, Jordan Devy, and Ike Butker. So I expect the Bills right now to focus, as the numbers stand right now, to focus their resources mostly on, to me, offensive line and secondary. And again, I don't know if I want to say especially safety, but they are certainly lighter at safety even than they are at cornerback. The other ones, if you want to look at you know where they stand and numbers-wise, uh, they have four quarterbacks on the roster. They had four last year at camp, and usually they only bring three, and that might only be four because of the uh, pandemic and coronavirus and how they had Jake Fromm as the emergency QB last year. There is still room for another running back. Maybe two. They usually bring eight the last few years. Only six right now on the roster. Maybe another spot for a wide receiver. They typically bring 11 to 12. They only have 10. But, you know, how much run will another guy get considering the depth at the position, which is really good right now compared to what it's been in years past? There may be one guy light at tight end. Tight end's interesting. They've brought six, six tight ends to training camp every single season. They only have five right now. So if you're looking there, maybe one more tight end as well. Linebacker, they could use a couple of bodies. We know, of course, uh, they have signed a couple of guys during free agency. We talked about them yesterday. Plus, a couple of guys are really more like Andre Smith, Tyler Medikevich, especially Tyler, um, you know, special teams guys. But they could use a body or two there. And they actually do typically bring an extra kicker to camp, but I don't even know if they're going to this year with Tyler Bass being the only one really that's needed. He's, his job is secure. He's very good. Uh, they have brought two punters to camp the last couple of years. They only have one on the roster. So there might be room for another kicker and or punter. But again, I think we're looking at corner, safety, offensive line, probably the most resources being you know put into those positions as the rest of the offseason goes on. So the Bills do have the 30th pick in the NFL draft. So what's going to happen on Thursday night, April 29th, the draft is going to start. We're all going to be waiting around, waiting around. Are the Bills going to trade up? They could. I don't know. It doesn't really seem like a move they would make necessarily right now, unless maybe you get around pick number 20. And they're not going to trade up higher than that. I'll get to that in a minute and why. But as of right now, we're thinking 
Are they going to pick at 30 and we're sitting around, what, 1130 at night? Or are they going to even trade out? And then you're like, wait a minute. I waited the entire first round and the Bills didn't even make a pick. But I'd rather be picking 30th than 10th. That's for sure, because that's a sign of a really good season. And ultimately, you want to be picking 32nd overall. Let's go through the different scenarios on what the Bills could do as far as trading up or trading down or even staying put in the NFL draft. Again, I wrote about this, WGR550.com, a few weeks ago, but talking about it with you now here and maybe adding a few layers of thought. Let's talk about trade up. The Bills right now have seven picks. Two fifth rounders, none in the fourth. So one, two, three, five, five, six, seven. Trading up from 30 would cost at least one of them. We know that. But because of how solid the roster is all around, it's going to be difficult for players drafted in the later rounds to even make the team. So I would say Brandon Bean doesn't even need all seven picks. So this is the argument to make for why they might want to trade up. When you're in a Super Bowl window like the Bills are, it could really be like they could be one player away, they feel, in their starting lineup to get them over the hump, to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, to get to the Super Bowl, to win the Lombardi Trophy. The Bills, most likely, though, aren't going to pick that one player. They're not going to find that one guy who's going to come in right away and boom on this roster at pick number 30. So it might take actually getting into the top 20 or even top 15 to find someone who's going to come in and make that type of immediate impact. This is the case for trading up if you're the Buffalo Bills, that you're one player away, but you're not going to get that player at 30. you got to get even higher to get a player of that value to make that impact. At 30, you know, look, I had a uh, personnel person tell me one time, and this is, I think, something that most GMs, front office people, personnel people, player personnel, college scouts, all those kinds of people, they'll probably... I'll tell you the same thing, but I've been told on multiple occasions, there's never 32 first round grades. No team has first round grade on 32 guys. It's typically 20, maybe 25 in a really good year. I mean, even that's a lot. It's probably more around 18 to 22, somewhere in there. So the Bills are picking 30th. Chances are they're not going to actually pick a player that even have a first round grade on. So where do you want to get the guy with the first round grade? Probably in the top 20. That's going to take some trading to do. So let's take a look at what that would cost if the Bills were to trade up into the top 20, into the top 15. You don't have to even look far for the most recent example of the number 30 overall pick being traded for a team to move up. It was just last year. The Packers. They went up just four spots to get Jordan Love. Now, I will say, granted, quarterbacks, when teams trade up for them, often they're willing to pay a little bit more. But Just those four spots, you know what it costs the Packers to give the Miami Dolphins a fourth-round pick? Just four spots cost them a fourth-round pick. The Bills don't have a fourth, as I said a little while ago, but that's what it costs. Let's go back to 2017. We remember when the Bills had the number 10 pick. The Chiefs were at 27. They moved all the way up, and we know they took Patrick Mahomes there. This isn't a Patrick Mahomes, you know, conversation or point. It's the Chiefs went from 27 to to 10. That is a massive jump up. You know what it cost them? A future first rounder, as we know. That's how the Bills got two first rounders in 2018. So we can use these two templates to kind of do the math here. Green Bay moving up four spots cost them a fourth rounder. Kansas City moving up 17 spots cost them a future first rounder. I would say if you do the math on that, it essentially works out to be for every four or five spots that you want to go up, it costs you a round. So if you want to go up four spots from where the Bills are, probably cost you a fourth rounder. Another four spots, now we're talking a third rounder. Another four spots, probably a second rounder. But 
if you want to go into the top 15 or top 20, it's actually starts the window on that starts to diminish. Basically the value of those picks become even greater. So even though it might cost a fourth and then a third and then a second to go up every four or five spots, once you start getting into top 15 territory, it's going to cost every spot might cost an extra pick or two, you know, something more you have to give, whether that's an extra round or extra picks. So these picks are very valuable. You look at the draft value chart, the draft value chart basically states this, whether you use the old Jimmy Johnson chart or something else that's been created, the top of the draft, the picks are just worth so much more than they are even at the bottom end of the first round by the numbers. I mean, there's massive decreases in value of pick as far as the numbers on the draft chart when you're talking from one to two to three to four to five to six to seven. I mean, from pick number one with 3,000 points it's worth to pick number seven is 1,500, and then it just starts going down. Like, it's basically, you know, a couple of hundred here or there, and then it's only 50, and then it's 20, and it keeps going down from there. That means the value of the picks up in the top 10, top 15 is just so much more than it is even at the bottom of the first round where the Bills are picking. So let's talk about trading down. So what's the argument here? Why should the Bills, why would they, why would they want to trade down? Well, again, same thing I just said a little while ago. Most likely they wouldn't find a player at pick number 30 who's going to see a lot of snaps right away. So Bean could move down, grab more value, gain a couple of extra solid backups on a team that, you know, feels that, hey, we just don't want injuries to cost us a Super Bowl run. We don't want to lose a starter and say, boy, we would have just had somebody. If you can pick up a couple extras, a second, a third, something like that, a couple extra guys to be solid players to fill in, and on top of that, maybe even get, if you want, next year's draft pick. I like this idea a lot, actually. Getting capital for next year, getting more picks in the 2022 draft to keep stockpiling the cupboard to make sure that, you know, you have guys in your roster that if you eventually have to move on from, you have people to replace them. I think that might be the way to go. Now, it was only two years ago that a team moved down from 30. And that was when the Seahawks got a very nice haul from the New York Giants. So the Seahawks moved from 30 to 37. And by doing that, they got the Giants fourth, which was 132 overall, and fifth, which was 142. So the Seahawks moved down from 30 to 37. They get an extra fourth and an extra fifth just for moving moving seven places. I think that's a really good haul. A move like this for Bean... To have a, it would give him again a bunch of draft capital again to either this year or next year to continue to move or maneuver around the draft. So let's say it's this year. Let's say he gets a fourth and a fifth extra. He doesn't have a fourth right now. Now he'd have a, a he'd have a second, a third, a fourth, three fifths. Now he has even more capital to kind of move around. And then when he really feels like there's a guy that's slipping, you say, okay, now I go get him. Now I got all the ammunition I get, I have and need to go get a guy. People like that, like that's Gabriel Davis right there. Gabriel Davis was a fifth-round pick. Uh, I'm sorry, fourth-round pick. So was Taron Johnson. Taron Johnson, a fourth-round pick. Gabriel Davis, a fourth-round pick. If you have more draft capital in the fifth and sixth rounds, and the Bills in this scenario would have like three fifth-rounders, suddenly a guy you really like is there in the fourth, and you're like, I need to go up and get him. Now you can do it. Now you have the ammunition to go and dra- and trade for that guy. So I think that's why, and that's the argument for why the Bills might want to trade down basically. And again, I like the idea of picking up stuff for next year and the bills, you know, kind of stockpiling and making sure they have enough draft capital going forward to keep this machine moving. So to speak, you're going to have to have cheaper rookie contracts as they go. They're going to be signing guys, you know, 
We just talked about Tremaine Edmonds' fifth-year option yesterday. What's that look like? What's the extension look like for him? And we know Josh Allen's going to take a huge piece of the salary cap pie. The Bills are going to have to have guys on cheaper contracts, on rookie contracts going forward. Um, what a Rookie contract, like, you know, their first contract, rookie contract, first four years. That's not going to be super cost prohibitive. So they're going to want to have more of those guys over the next several years than they have currently or what they have had over the last few years because they're going to have to pay Josh Allen eventually. So finally, the last scenario for the Bills would be to stay put. It's the least sexiest option. We know that. Staying where you are at number 30. It doesn't generate a lot of excitement. But what it can do is give the Bills a really good football player who will have every chance to make an immediate impact, even if he's unable to be on the field all the time and be like, wow. I mean, at least it's going to give you a good player. 30, as much as I say, it's not a player that's going to step on the field and be an immediate impact guy. It's still somebody who's going to help you. There's no doubt about that. Another solid piece. I mean, unless the the player is is just a stiff or a bust right away, which shouldn't happen. Um, I think the Bills have a, a good track record here of drafting so far under this regime. Now, A.J. Epinesa, he definitely did not walk right on the field and play last year. In fact, he was inactive week number one against the Jets. But I liked what I saw from him as the season went on. And I think last year we can kind of look at that season and go, you know, it was different for those rookies. They didn't have the OTAs and the rookie mini camps and the regular mini camps in the preseason. And some of that might be the same this year. But I think we have to kind of put that in a, a bit of a, a separate bucket. But a player selected at 30 really could ultimately be a replacement for somebody currently on the roster who the team either can't or doesn't want to ultimately pay to keep when they become a free agent or even give them the option to trade. You know, I mean, you have assets now. So I, I think there are arguments here to be made for the Bills to trade up, trade down, stay put. There's a lot of different ways that this could go, a lot of different scenarios. And I, I think, like I said, that you could probably talk yourself into a lot of different things that they could do here. So who knows what the Bills are going to do when they're on the clock. Thursday. April 29th, uh, we, have, we have nine days left for that. So we'll get more into that as we go forward. We got a short and sweet podcast today. Can't wait to give you tomorrow's podcast. It's going to be an interview. It's scheduled to be at least, unless something goes different here. Mike North is going to join me. He's one of the head schedule makers for the NFL. Last year, had a great conversation with him. Talked to him about the Bills, prime time, their ratings, what to expect. And then sure enough, the Bills were scheduled for four primetime games. They actually wound up having five because of the, you know, the pandemic and coronavirus rescheduling with the Titans. But I can't wait to find out and ask him, you know, what to expect from the Bills this year. And are the Bills like really, really, really in play for that opening Thursday night game at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as they uh, open the season as the Super Bowl champs? They very well could be. <laughs> so I'll ask him. I don't know what he's going to reveal. But I'll have that for you, and that's all going to be on tomorrow's pod. All right, once again, download, subscribe, throw me a nice like, a review. I really appreciate it. Find me on Twitter at Sal Sports. And, of course, it's Sal Sports and stuff on the podcast. You can find it at WGR, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you pod. Thanks for listening. Looking forward to giving you tomorrow's pod with Mike North, the schedule maker for the NFL. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.